0: Welcome back to Snares Book Prep Uncovered, the podcast where we talk with staff and with pupils and with parents to find out more about life at the school. In each episode, I'm joined by Ralph Dalton, head teacher at the school, and together we speak to a guest, so it's a bit of a three-way conversation. Now, in this episode, we speak to Sue Lowndes from Inspire Maths, and Ralph's going to tell us all about Inspire Maths and who Sue Lowndes is. But first of all, Ralph, how are you today?
1: Yeah, I'm great. Thanks, Simon. Really looking forward to this chat. I'm really excited about Inspire Maths, mainly because it is a very structured way of solving a problem I kept coming up against as a teacher.
0: Okay, tell us about what that problem is and how how Inspire Maths, just in a nutshell, what Inspire Maths is and, and how they help.
1: So Inspire Maths is a math scheme based on the Research done firstly in Singapore that allowed them to turn their PISA results from they were they were middle ranking they're a middle ranking country much like the UK and they ended up at the top of the rankings a couple of years ago and this was all based on the work they did on how to teach maths Inspire Maths has basically sort of codified that into a, a scheme um, it's a research based scheme it is a textbook based scheme which means it leads to lots of consistency and its fundamental principles are around ensuring the the concrete concepts are taught mm-hmm. before we then represent those visually before we move to the abstract which is very different to a, a standard way of teaching maths historically we just teach you know numbers which are all very abstract you know what what is three so It does that in a very structured way. It's research-based. It's been proven to lead to better pupil outcomes. I know from experience that children have these problems, and I know from my experience of helping children with them, if this is the way to do it.
0: And when you say textbook, it's interesting you mentioned that the textbook approach means consistent, as opposed to it being textbook- like a physical textbook, is that right?
1: No, 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 it is, it is a physical textbook. It's a physical okay. textbook, It's you know, so to some degree people would say it was old fashioned because you picture children working with textbooks in silence, but what it looks like in the classroom is children working through, systematically working through um, questions, but there's a lot of conversation and a lot of dialogue and a lot of mm. discussion, but it gives it that
0: structure. And before we bring Sue in, I I remember seeing something on Facebook recently that, was it Facebook or LinkedIn, where it said something along the lines of what, 57 plus 14, how do you visualize that in your mind or how do you calculate the answer to that? And all the replies there, there there's something like 608,000 comments. Everyone seemed to do it in a totally different way. Some people did 50 plus 10 and then seven plus four and then put 60 and 11 together and, and and other people said no i don't do it that, that way at all i i add sort of 17 and then take away four or, or whatever it is everyone just had a different approach is is that the kind of thing that the the you know an example of how different people learn different things in different ways
1: i think what for me it, it depends on how they're visualizing it so if you did ask if you'd asked me at the age of 20 I would have gone 57 and I would have basically pictured the digits five and seven. Mm -hmm. And then I think it was 14, you said. And I would have pictured the digits one and four. And then I would have in my mind basically gone, you know, four plus seven is one carry one. You know, I do hope that is what it is. Mm -hmm. But I would literally have just imagined that I was writing it down on a piece of paper, but in my mind. Right. And I thought that was mental arithmetic. Right. But what it should be is a sense of... Okay, I've got seven and four go together, or I've got fifty with a seven left over, or but it, it it really depends on the pictures you're drawing rather than again, what mantle mass turned into was okay, an algorithm, when you're given this problem, split it up into fifty, which doesn't mm-hmm. really mean anything other than plus the seven, mm-hmm. plus the ten. So that's fifty plus ten is sixty. But again, it's it so there are these different ways, but the most important thing, I think, is if as a person you feel the maths, sometimes you'll split it up into the, the 50 and the 10 because they mm-hmm. go naturally together. But if it had been a 7 and a 3, you'd have thought, oh, no, that's a whole 10, so I'm mm-hmm. going to use those two together. But you do it from a a a visualisation or a sense of feeling, and that allows you to manipulate it in any any way that makes the most sense, and that's what inspire is trying to get children to be comfortable doing because it it grounds them in the concrete before it goes to the abstract and it goes Mm. to the abstract through the pictorial which means you can hold these pictures in your you can hold pictures in your head you can turn yeah so that's that's how it works
0: awesome okay well great summary should we bring sue in now and then find out what she's got to say about inspire maths yeah let's do okay let's do that now Sue, thank you for being here and welcome to this episode of the podcast. How are you doing today?
2: I'm doing very well, thank you. And thank you for having me. Really looking forward to talking to you and to Ralph. I've got a busy day coming up. This is a busy term in schools. Ralph will know exactly what that's like as a head teacher. But no, all is very good, thank you.
0: Good, good, good. Now, you're from Inspire Maths. Just tell us a little bit, first of all, about what Inspire Maths is. As, as, a, as a business and how it helps schools.
2: So Inspire Maths is a really coherent textbook programme, very high quality. It was written for non-specialist teachers. It is a textbook programme that is based on research and it is a textbook programme that has had continual research and improvement and refinement over the last 20 years I think. Mm-hmm. I was involved with Inspire Maths about eight years ago now when I was an independent consultant and was asked to have a look at the program itself mm-hmm. and I looked at it and thought, this is amazing mm-hmm. and I really would like to be involved in this. I hadn't worked for a company for a long time I was in education so I hadn't worked for a company like Oxford University Press and I thought actually I would like to be involved with this programme because this can really improve the teaching and learning of mathematics in our schools. Mm. It will have a massive impact on children's confidence and also for the teachers because historically we have usually non-specialist maths teachers in primary, and this is a highly supportive programme.
0: Okay, all right, so that's, that sounds perfect. Impact in schools, I love that. Confidence for pupils and for the teachers, all of this sounds great stuff. Tell us a bit more then about how that actually works. I mean, let's imagine that, that, that I'm listening to this podcast episode, I've never heard of Inspire Maths. Practically speaking, how does your service help these non-specialist teachers in schools?
2: So, it's all very well having a high-quality textbook programme, but the end user really needs to understand how to use it in the classroom, so what it will look like in the classroom for both teachers and students. So, what we do at Oxford University Press, we support our schools with uh, professional development. Of course, with the pandemic, a lot of that has been online, but usually it's face-to-face Mm-hmm. And it's not just one standalone day. The professional development that we designed has longevity so that it can really impact on implementation in a school and transform practice. Because often, one day PD will, you know, people will have a fantastic time, it will start to change their thinking, but then you know, two months, three months down the line, maybe not very much has changed. But no. within Inspire Maths, we do do programs over three, four, and five days, so that we continue continually build on having a re- relationship with the school and work with them uh, to assist high quality and impactful implementation.
0: Okay, can you give us a couple of examples as to how this works? And how it sort of looks in a school.
2: The textbook programme, you mean? What it would look like in the classroom?
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay, so the textbook programme consists of teachers' guides for teachers, which are highly supportive and, as I said, written for non specialist teachers. So it will support the direct teaching. It will give examples of higher-order questions, it will support the planning, and it will support subject knowledge for teachers. And really, that is a book that's work in progress, if you like, it should be like a working document for the teachers that they that make their own notes in, put sticky notes in, and have that as their own textbook that they are using and, and using it as a reference book, if you like. Mm. Alongside that, there's textbooks that the children have and we we would recommend either one textbook each or one textbook between two. Mm-hmm. And then there are practice books and we would highly recommend a practice book for each child and that's when they're doing their own independent practice. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that they're having independent practice only when they're using... A practice book because of course they're having independent practice when they're working in the classroom they might be working with manipulatives it might not be just everything that they're writing down. As well as that we have assessment books and really importantly we've got Inspire Maths Online and that there, in Inspire Maths Online there's a whole host of resources to support the teaching and learning of mathematics mm-hmm. and using inspire math so there's videos for guidance on for example getting the most out of the assessment books simmering skills there's videos with examples of lessons being taught one on bar modeling for example and there's also lots of documents that teachers can use and edit so there's planning documents, there's guidance for teaching in a mi- mixed-age class, there's beginning, middle and end of year assessments mm-hmm. that teachers can use, and there's guidance for teachers about making sure that they meet the national curriculum aims and objectives at the end of Key Stage 1 and at the end of Key Stage 2.
0: OK, so if I was a pupil then in, say, Year 5 and... Let's imagine that there are two parallel worlds. And in one world, in one school, me as a pupil, uh, my experience is without the service that Inspire Maths provides, and in that parallel school happening at exactly the same time, uh, I am getting that experience. What differences do I see as a year five pupil?:
2: As a year five pupil, hopefully what you would see, the difference would be is that there's a consistent and coherent use of models and images. So there's a real focus on a concrete pictorial abstract approach.
0: Oh, that sounds interesting. Tell us a bit more about a pictorial abstract approach. What is that and how does that look?
2: Well, historically, pr- definitely how I was taught and possibly you, Simon, I don't know, Rolf looks a bit younger. I was taught in a very procedural way. I was compliant, I was you know, pretty good at maths and I was really keen to get right answers but I didn't really understand the maths I was being taught if I'm honest, not until I actually started teaching maths myself because I just was shown a rule and I would do it and I'd repeat it. Now that doesn't work for many, many children. It can work in the short term but not in the long term. So when children are being taught with a procedural rule they then find it hard to make connections and to, uh, to maintain that understanding with a concrete pictorial and abstract approach, and it's not linear, so you can go back and forth through these stages, but children will be using manipulatives, if you like, so blocks, place value counters, numicon, double-sided counters, also a, a whole host of things. The MCETM at the moment are going to be looking at using wrecks. So using manipulatives really support children to develop a deep conceptual understanding so that they're not as reliant on procedural rules. They can use the materials and concrete materials to support their conversations. Mm-hmm. They can use them to prove the maths. Because what I would always say is often the maths that we see written on paper isn't the actual maths that you're doing it's the maths that's going on in your head and the conversations you're having Hmm. so with inspire maths we're really encouraging mathematical conversations Mm -hmm. and gone are the days when a really good maths lesson is one that's silent because Mm. we want the children to be talking and talking about the maths so that they can then get this deep conceptual understanding Mm -hmm. and become fluent in the maths, look for connections and use what they're doing and what they understand in new and different situations.
0: I see, I see. Ralph, what's your understanding of this? I mean, where did this come from and, and what was the reason for connecting with Inspire Maths in the first place?
1: So my personal reason for connecting with Inspire Maths is I spent a, a great proportion of my teaching career helping pupils of both prior higher attainment and prior lower attainment usually around uh, in years five and six as they approached the 11 plus exams and helping those children with the sort of more complex problems and often I would find that they had the maths knowledge but they didn't seem to be able to apply, they couldn't apply it. And it's what I ended up terming the error 404 because, you know, when you type into Google and it doesn't have a reference point, it returns the message error 404, no reference to be found. And also these children, particularly those with prior lower ability, had a terrible memory for the process. So they couldn't remember which one they did first and what and what they and they would confuse them and they wouldn't know which problem to apply the algorithm to. And I know in my own maths, you know, at GCSE, I, I did relatively well at maths GCSE, but there's no way I was taking it at A-level because I, I didn't understand it. I, could, I, knew, I knew which problems to apply which algorithm to and I could, I could go through the algorithm quite accurately and quite speedily, and I loved that, gave me the right answer, loved that, didn't really know what I was doing. Or so as, and I came to realise, particularly as I came to teach maths, And actually have to unpick why we do what we do and so I would end up thinking I was trying to give the children a way of thinking about maths to solve a problem and that would often involve representing it pictorially because I actually think most people it doesn't matter what area you're in you know architects to solve a problem they model it scientists model a problem and so I ended up drawing these little rectangular boxes to try and and literally it it never ceases to amaze me how I could apply these little rectangular boxes to a host of problems. And to cut a long story short, and this is where you can both say too late, but to cut a long story short, somebody showed me Inspire and I was like, oh, hang on a second. These are people far more intelligent than I who have set about the same process and done it in a much better way than I was doing because it just came down to these children not being able to see the maths. They couldn't see the problem. And and, and my understanding... See, I was going to ask you if if my understanding is correct. In terms of where Inspire came from... So it it came from Singapore, is that right? Based on their experience?
2: Yeah, it came from Singapore and from their textbook programme that they developed called My Pals Are Here. And then we adapted it
1: and was that in response to the, to a problem that they had which was similar to the UK in the sense that we've got children dropping out at higher level maths?
2: Well originally it was because their children were not performing very well in mathematics and of course we have the the international examination, well tests now if you like, TIMS and Pisa's, PISA tests, and they just felt that They really needed to support the education of the children and improve it because they have no natural resources and and they did feel that they really needed to work on the education of their children. And they have done the most incredible job in the last probably 35 years more because they took on board all the international research on improving mathematics and what good quality mathematics looks like and they acted on it and put mm. it in place and now Singapore are consistently at the top of these international tests.
1: And, and my understanding is that Inspire basically just took all that learning and put it into this scheme is that right?
2: Yes that's right but it is a research textbook programme so it's a continually being researched, developed, edited, improved and it works. Mm. It, it, it is a coherent programme of high-quality curriculum materials that make a difference to children and to staff. I've been into many, many schools using Inspire Maths, And although it's not always easy to implement, as we've ta- talked about, Ralph, once children and teachers are using it and using it well, it definitely makes a difference there's no doubt about it and children enjoy the maths and look forward to maths and that is a big thing for our children if you don't like doing something you don't do your best and you haven't got the confidence but also teachers like it, Uh, teachers enjoy using it the exercises have been developed and are structured with really great care to Make sure that children are developing that conceptual understanding and procedural understanding, if you like. So it works, but I would say that every school that implements Inspire Maths has to have senior leadership like Ralph that has a vision. They know what they want, they know what Inspire Maths offers, but they also understand how to support the teachers who are implementing the programme. Without that, all the wheels fall off.
0: That, that makes perfect sense, Sue. That really does. So it's been really good hearing about all of this. Where could people go if they wanted to find out more about Inspire Maths? Is it good for people to go to, to your business website, or should they speak to Ralph directly?
2: Well, I think both. I think speak to Ralph directly. Um, I know Ralph does a lot of work with parents, um so definitely we know that the most successful education for our children is a homeschool partnership so definitely talk to Ralph if they want to look on the website at oxford university press then they will find a lot of information there and likewise if they keep their eye on any of our online digital training that we offer then i'm sure that they could get involved in one of those
0: awesome That's really good. Well, Sue, thank you for your time. Thanks for taking the time out to talk to us today to explain more about not just Inspire Maths, but the difference that it has on children and teachers as well. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you. I've enjoyed talking to you.
0: So, Ralph, that was Sue Lowndes from Inspire Maths. Did she talk about the kind of things you expected there?
1: Yeah, absolutely. She spoke a lot about the textbook. She mentioned textbook a lot. And and the reason that's really important is all the research shows that what they call whole school efficacy is is sort of you know what we do day in day out across the years has Mm -hmm. the biggest has one of the biggest impacts on children and that makes sense you know if, if one teacher teaches something one way and then the next teacher teaches it a different way that doesn't lead to a coherent understanding so the importance of the textbook is that It leads the children through and it leads the teacher through because she's right. You know, majority of primary school teachers are primary school teachers. They're not specialist maths teachers. Mm. So it keeps that structure. Each year builds on the year before. And actually, the, the thing about the textbook, again, there's a lot of research now on the importance of textbooks. In fact, I don't know, depending where you were, actually schools went away from textbooks. I'm sure it's something to do with the photocopier. You know, schools mm-hmm. thought actually we can save the money on textbooks, don't need textbooks. But actually, by structuring the study, the textbooks, a high-quality textbook with high-quality sort of visuals, really helps children develop this coherent understanding of a subject. And my understanding of Inspire was they even test the question. So each question is an evolution of the previous one. And it's it's evolving ever so slightly to just test the knowledge or the understanding in a slightly different way. And mm. they will actually test different versions of those string of questions oh, see. to work out which which string of questions leads to the best pupil outcome. So mm. I, I think that's when she said, you know, it, it, ca- it carries on undergoing sorts of research. It's research informed. That's what they will be doing. And, you know, in which if you put things in different orders or introduce them at different times, which one makes the biggest difference? So, yeah, so that's, I think, you know, again, and that's, that is quite different to a lot of sorts of math schemes and certainly what's been in place for the last, 20 years
0: maybe it's incredible isn't it to think that these are the kind of approaches that schools are taking or starting to take in the field of of teaching and learning whereas you know 30 years ago 50 years ago I mean it was nothing like this was it was it I mean there was no thought put into this kind of thing at all it was just a set way and that's kind of how it was for everybody well absolutely I mean
1: Talking about maths, I mean, really, maths education was, for the most part, because we didn't have computers, and what we needed was clerks who could fill in a, you know, could do the maths on their ledger, and my understanding is they would pass that ledger to the person next to them who would check their ledger. And so what you needed was an efficient system that didn't take up too much space of paper, Because, you know, if you go back, paper's expensive and books are expensive. So it didn't take up too much space. It didn't take up too much time. And everybody did it in the same way so that everybody could check everybody else's work. Mm. And essentially, that's why it was the four rules. It wasn't really... The maths education wasn't designed for understanding. It was designed so that you could do things that we now have calculators and computers to do. Mm. And in terms of even... I think I may have mentioned this before, my understanding is that before the national curriculum, which is only 1989, it sounds like a long time ago, but you know, it's easily within my lifetime, you know, I was actually already in the schooling system before this happened, there was no curriculum. You could teach what you liked and and people did and they taught it in their own way. And, and again, this is something that then sort of Hattie builds on in terms, I'm trying to think when it was sort of 2007, something around that point looking actually at the evidence what evidence do we have that our practice is making a difference to pupil outcomes and that then leads to this very research research informed practice is is where schools are now moving to you know because my good idea about what i think is going to work um is probably not going to do any harm mm-hmm. but what makes the biggest difference and you know opportunity costs what i spend my time doing means i'm not doing something else so I need to make sure my activities with these pupils are are on high value tasks that are going to make the most outcome, you know, give them the, the best outcomes because they only get this chance once, don't they? They only get, they only get their primary education once. So, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's incredible how life has changed and changed for the better. And I really, I don't know if it came across, but I can't, I find it hard to get across how important I think it is that children are able to see maths you know, in my slightly long-winded answer, you, you asked me about how I connected with Inspire or what connected me to it. And it was really this, this combination of experiences of teaching. So I had the groups I was working with, but I'd also had an experience, I was very fortunate to work with a really gifted pupil in maths. And often when we were sort of solving problems, I remember there was one lesson where I started off saying, so how did you do it? And he started to explain his, his thinking. And it just occurred, I was saying to his mum afterwards, I said it was, it was like he had put on a pair of VR goggles oh, and was wow. just exploring the world. And was, and so, you know, numbers like eight, which to me is just this hieroglyph, it's this, this line that is this continuous line. Mm-hmm actually meant something it was it was like a character i think i mm. may have said this i don't know if i've said this in other podcasts but i say it all the time it's like you know the number eight is related it has cousins two four sixteen you know and you know it's in the family even you know i don't know but it was like and he could manipulate this whole thing and i remember describing it to his mum as, as a mathscape it was like he mm. had this mathscape mm. so then years later when i'm working with these other pupils that you know who are really finding maths hard and can't see why they've got to do what they have got to do it became clear that actually they couldn't see that
2: Mm. and i
1: thought right how do you how do i give them these vr goggles Mm. why Mm. is it you know how Mm. can i give them the picture and so like i said i started drawing it as boxes but you know very you know we we teach our children to recite numbers very early on you know you go one two three and they go one two three and then we teach them that if we hold three fingers up and they make the sound three that that's correct and we teach them that correlation or you know if we use a hieroglyph that's three you know it looks a bit like a b but without the first you know the the vertical line they go that's three and you go very good you know so i I always joke that i taught my son to tell time so he was about two and a half something like that Mm -hmm. and for some reason he 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 could recognize a quarter to three on the clock i don't know why and so I used to like it when it was a quarter to three in the afternoon. You can only do it in the afternoon. It'd be a very par- bad parent if I was doing it in the morning. But <laughs> the quarter to three in the afternoon when friends were around, I'd go, oh, what's the time? And he'd go, quarter to three. And they'd all go, wow. <laughs> but essentially, he just learned to recite that sound, really. Yeah. He had no idea what any of that meant. But we do that with our children. And they learn the number 32,396. And they got no idea, there's no feel for how, no, How. I mean, even if I say that now, I don't really have a feel for mm-hmm. what that would look like or what other numbers it would be connected with. And that's what I mean about this mathscape. And so everything in the Inspire starts with concrete feeling. And mm-hmm. again, we know from the research that, that people that have a really good feel for number are better mathematicians. And that mm-hmm. then leads... You know, to confidence. So, mm-hmm. you know, starting with the the concrete, you know, so-called the manipulative. So blocks that you're playing with, or mm-hmm. you know, frames that you're using, really gives you an understanding. And, and again, another. So I remember a couple of years ago, the lower foundation class were doing odds and even numbers, and so they were looking at the blocks, and they were seeing. And one of the children went, "Oh, this is a sticky out number," and it's like, "What do you mean it's a sticky out number?" It was like, "Well." you know it's got it's got these it's got four and one that sticks out so the number 5 as an odd number was a sticky out number because it was an even number oh, with see. a sticky out bit with a sticky and out then, bit of the
0: number 1 and that was the way that well, they Well yes because it's 4
1: it. plus 1 it's 4 plus 1 makes mm. 5 mm. and so but then what was great about that is that explained then they could see and we weren't going for this but they sort of recognized this that when you took two sticky out numbers And you put them together those Mm. two sticky out numbers went together and so that will lead into why two odds make an even Mm. so when you add an odd and an odd number it makes an even but they now have a whole visual sense to that and they can picture that which means that when they're asked a question they can just think okay what does that look like what's going on here and they can don those vr glasses and work their way around the problem so it's and i think that leads to confidence. I think the other thing that Sue talked about was children's pupil confidence. Mm, she did, um, yeah. And, and I think that's, again, often I think a lot of early maths relies on your memory. Well, it relies on your ability to listen, like a lot mm-hmm. of study, and your ability to memorize and recall that information quickly. So, again, you know, teachers, teachers will say one plus one is two, and children that memorize stuff really quickly think they're good at maths you know I, mm. I was quite lucky I can memorise stuff quite well I was great at my tables I could hmm. recite you write a set of tables down in less than 30 seconds I know because the yeah. teacher would time them and I thought I was great at maths but I would struggle at higher higher mm. and higher levels because actually the underpinning the under the underlying concepts and my understanding or visual being able to visualise them aren't
0: there so it's because you didn't have Inspire um, maths at your school when you were at school I, that's what it is right? I didn't have Inspire maths <laughs>
1: And I and, and, and genuinely believe that. And my whole thing hmm. about, you know, as a teacher, I think if I can give children the bits of information that's taken me 40 years to acquire, then that speeds their process up. They don't have to keep getting it wrong for 40 years, you know. So let's Good give approach. them what they need now. I like that. So, I, like that. Uh,
0: yeah. I think we probably need to bring this episode to a close now. But if anyone's listening to this and they want to find out more about Snaresport Prep, then just search Snaresport Prep on social. But our next episode is coming out soon. So in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Thank you to Sue, our guest, and of course for listening to head teacher, Ralph Dalton. Bye for now.
1: Bye for now.